Welcome to the Legit Lady Podcast, where we feature women who are nailing it in life. Welcome to the Legit Lady Podcast. This is your host, Julie Fetterman, and this is where we're creating a platform for impressive women to inspire the world. Welcome and thanks for tuning in. So what I want to do is read a few of these amazing reviews that we're getting on Stitcher, iTunes, other places, Facebook, whatever. Uh, thank you all. Please keep them coming. Encourage your friends to throw us a five-star review. It really helps us with the algorithms and the iTunes, what's new and notable and all the other listings. So help us break the system to our advantage. Okay. So Fernie Mac three says, so amazing. I really enjoyed the legit lady podcast. I can't wait for more episodes to come out. Thank you. Sam Driscoll says this podcast is legit. It really is. Love listening to legit ladies gabbing about interesting things. A great podcast for people learning to be inspired by people doing cool stuff so they can do cool stuff too. I love cool stuff. Uh, Nabob says, legit, awesome podcast, great hosts, and great guests. Thank you so much. And Posse16, what a great name, says, love it. I love the energy that tra transpires on these podcasts. Thank you for these strong messages. Please keep going to have such interesting guests. Thank you. Yeah, we, we really do try to feature incredible women who are actually quite impressive and moving and shaking and even themselves might not realize how impressive they actually are. So thank you for seeing that vision. And today to kick things off, uh, because I'm a big whiskey and bourbon fan, that's no surprise for some of you who've been listening to these podcasts, uh, a story that actually came out in 2017 caught my eye recently since there's been some new developments that popped up. And sometimes you'll see like these new stories pop up on your social media feed that happened a little while ago, but I still think it's pretty top of mind and, and of interest for more than myself because I certainly didn't know about this. And it's from the Washington Post and the headline is, the first lady of bourbon says she was fired from the family business for being a lesbian. So that certainly caught my attention for many reasons. And the article starts with Bullet, a Kentucky bourbon and whiskey distiller is a family company. Again, no surprise, Kentucky. <laughs> What's new? Uh, even after the brand was bought by international beverage giant Diageo, founder Tom Bullitt employed his daughter Hollis, who worked on the brand's sales, marketing, and innovation teams, acting as a global brand ambassador and earning herself the title, the First Lady of Bourbon. Until December, that is, when she says she was abruptly fired. In a scathing series of Facebook posts, Bullitt, a lesbian, alleged she was kicked out of the family business due to homophobia. Neither Bullet nor Diageo responded for a request to comment, but according to Bullet's Facebook post, here's what happened. She said that her partner, Cher, had systematically excluded, had been systematically excluded from family and company events over the years. When Bullet brought Cher home to the family Thanksgiving last year, the pair was uninvited via text from Christmas. Damn. Then two days before Christmas, Bullet received an email telling her that she would no longer be employed at the company. And she says, quote, 
Because family was business and intertwined with a global corporation, I find it odd that I did not benefit from the departments and safeguards that are put into place to either intervene or provide mediation or educational diversity training, as would be the expected protocol for employees in this type of situation. In light of my experience, I do not understand how the company I worked for is on many of the top 50, 100 best places for LGBTQIA employees for work. And Diageo apparently has earned all these great scores for best places to work for the LGBT, the LGBT equality from the human rights campaign for nine consecutive years. Um, this is really heartbreaking because I've enjoyed Bullet as a spirit. I'm sure other brands under the Diageo umbrella because they're so big, but this specifically is so troublesome. And although, you know, in Kentucky, we know that sometimes uh, there's communities there that are very conservative and not really inclusive to people that fall under the LGBTQ umbrella. Uh, it's not a good move for even their own brand um, because ultimately the family name is literally the name on the bottle and there are plenty of people that belong to that community who I'm sure are happy customers or work happy customers of that brand. So for me, it's just like a terrible move um, as a product in a marketplace that has a very diverse subset, right? Why would you do that to yourself? And so I followed the story a little bit because this came out in 2017 and actually saw that uh, there's been a statement released. So this came in early 2018 and it's uh, from Kentucky.com. Why not? And it says, can fans of a gay former bourbon ambassador go back to drinking family booze? Um, and it says, according to a Facebook post uh, by Hollis Bullitt, so the daughter, she and Diageo, the corporate parent of Bullitt, quote, have reached a mutually acceptable resolution of Miss Bullitt's relationship with Diageo. Both parties are pleased to move forward and wish each other success in future endeavors. And apparently this was a joint statement with the company. For me, this sounds like they you know, paid her off or something like that. It didn't seem very authentic to me when I read this. And ultimately, that's, that's business when you're working with a really large corporation because I'm sure there was quite a bit of falling out um, with the LGBTQ community. And it's very interesting how a lot of corporations discount the collective purchasing power of a lot of marginalized communities and allies. And so what I want to kind of take away from this, especially for those of you listening, is to quickly reflect where your dollars are going on a regular basis, or maybe just a couple times a year, if you buy holiday gifts or birthday gifts and things like that, and be a bit more mindful of which brands you choose to support and how they reflect into the regular world, right? So a company like Bullet, again, I'm sure they have a, a decent bourbon, but they have so much competition. And if this is what they're putting out, um, then you can very easily purchase anything else, right? That wouldn't fall within that particular brand. So wanted to bring this to your attention just so you can, again, reflect, especially since we're going into the holiday season. Uh, we just had Black Friday recently, and I've been certainly focusing and thinking about where I spend my money. Um, a lot of companies that I used to support, a lot of fast fashion and things like that, certainly not without their... Uh, <laughs> challenges from an ecological standpoint, labor standpoint, all of that stuff. 
So perhaps consider supporting some more local businesses and be a bit more mindful with where you're spending your dollars now moving forward. On that note, our guest this week, I've had the pleasure of knowing her for well over a decade. I met this incredible woman uh, back when I was doing theater when I was a teenager. I mean, I must have been 14 or 15 when I met her doing youth theater. And she was my makeup artist. I've always been in awe of her. She's always been such a grounding force. And despite the fact that she's also incredibly, incredibly talented, um, you know, heck, she's been nominated for Best Makeup at the Canadian Screen Awards. Uh, she also, um, she was uh, nominated for Best Makeup at the Hollywood uh, Makeup Artist and, and Hair Stylist Guild Awards uh, this year as well. She's, her star is only just rising and I've always, always admired her because she's so talented and also just such a rock star, badass lady too. So please give it up for a very dear friend of mine, an incredible, talented makeup artist, Larissa Palaszczuk. Hey, Larissa. Hi. <laughs> Are you excited to be here? Yes, very excited. Yeah. yeah. All right. We are so stoked to have you on. I'm stoked to be here. Yay. And so you know how this works, right? We're going to get to know you through 10 main questions, bunch yep. of follow-up conversation, normal people things. Yep. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So to kick things off, we're going to head to question number one, which is what advice would you give to your teenage self? Well, uh, where I was as a teenager was definitely nowhere near where I am now. I had no idea I'd be getting Thank into, goodness. yeah, <laughs> getting into what I'm into right now. Uh, I've always been sort of a creative, so it definitely helps, but, uh, let's see, teenager. Uh, I, I, I applied for art school and didn't get in cause they actually told me I was too weird. Wait, 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 so, wait, wait, wait. How yeah, is that possible? Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. My parents were pretty shocked as well. So I have no idea. No. They, they use the word eccentric and, <sighs> uh, my parents thought it was hilarious as well. And, uh, they just said, just, just use it and continue on your merry path. So thank God for that. Um, yeah, so I just used that and continued to be my weird self and embraced it. So I guess that just, that helped me sort of get to where I am today. Just continue using, I was always sort of into art and that kind of thing, drawing and music and whatever. So that's sort of led me into the path, I guess now. And just, I would probably tell myself just to not be discouraged by what people have to say. Yeah. Um, and that you'll make it work. Well, I think continue being your weird self is fantastic advice. Yeah. You know, as a teenager, like that, those are those really awkward years where you feel really motivated to try to assimilate and be like everyone else. Mm -hmm. And anything outside of that just feels like yeah. you're a weird black sheep, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was always, yeah, a little weird, but I don't know. Too weird for art school, man. That is, that's like t-shirt worthy. I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> too weird for art school. <laughs> truly, truly, it was shocking. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so, is that what got you into makeup arts, or is that a totally different story? No, that's a totally different story. I was sort of always into visual, like makeup and cosmetics and stuff like that. Uh, when I was younger, I was a dancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and always into sort of ballet and performance and stuff like that. So I remember when I was probably five, I was watching PBS or TVO or one of those channels, and they had behind the scenes of the musical Cats. And I'm a crazy cat lady, and I loved and still do love the musical Cats, (laughs) even though it's like the most ridiculous thing ever. I still love it. The unitards. So hot, so hot. Um, so we, uh, I was watching the show and they were doing behind the scenes and I watched one of the performers do their makeup and I thought that's really cool. And that sort of sat in the back of my mind. And I, uh, I also used to watch the show called Zoobly Zoo and all the characters had really weird makeups on. Like there was a bird lady and a cat lady and a squirrel and a beaver and I think all yeah, the animals. Yeah, all, all the <laughs> kangaroo, something like that. Anyway, I really love that show. So I think all of those sort of things influenced me. But how I actually got into it was um, I went to, from high school, I went into university, took a bunch of just like random social science type stuff, mm-hmm. ended up hating it, dropped most of the classes before I had to do the exam and bailed. But while I was in university, I was writing for the newspaper and I was doing sort of arts and culture writing. And uh, from there decided to take a year off and I was working at the HMV on Young Street that's now unfortunately shut down. Tearfully. Very. I love that place. I don't know where to go Christmas shopping anymore. (laughs) Um, So I worked there for about half a year and then discovered that Sheridan College had a bunch of different sort of film programs. So I took um, art and film and film, like screenwriting and all sorts of different stuff and really got into that that way. Uh, And then I applied to Ryerson for journalism, waited for the acceptance or rejection. And in that time, discovered that Sheridan had a makeup program. I thought, oh, why not? You know, it's just a couple thousand dollars. We got the money. I got the time. Let's just do it. I know a lot of different performers. I'm sure I could find a way to make this work. And then within two weeks of the class, I knew that I loved it. And that was it. And I was, I think I was 18 at the time. And uh, I got the acceptance from Ryerson. I rejected it. Wow. And then just continued working in makeup. I had some really awesome teachers that were like, you know what? You've got it. You, We can tell that you're really into it. And it's like, we just started. So you obviously have a passion for this. And we think that you can make this make this work for yourself. So I thought, okay, fuck it. Why not? Right. <laughs> so I just kept going, told my parents, you know, this is what I want to do. And my, my dad was like, well, if this, you know, if you can make it work for yourself, then do it. So, and here we are 14 years later. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's so great that you had that support yeah. with your parents yeah. because so many other folks would probably just say, are oh, you nuts? Yeah. 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 Why are you doing this to yourself? Yeah. Do you ever regret or think about what would have happened if you pursued journalism? No, because it ended up coming full circle when I started writing for Missy Inc. magazine. Oh. So my writing 
skill because I never actually did do it, but just taking screenwriting and other sort of stuff in film and writing essays and all that kind of stuff was sort of, uh, again, in my wheelhouse. So uh, when Bella asked me to be the beauty editor for Missy Inc., I thought, yeah, sure. Like finally doing what I was actually wanting to do but I've included the makeup in it. So right. it's kind of an interesting full circle thing that ended up happening. So it, yeah. Yeah. It was weird, weird path. That's amazing. And you've done a ton of cool work as a makeup artist. Like you've, you've sort of seen it all, all over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's been your most memorable gig? Oh God. Everything comes with a memory. Uh, I guess, um, well, when I first started doing the stuff with, with you guys in, in TYT was pretty fun. And that was Toronto Youth Theater for, for those who don't know yeah. the acronym. Do they still even exist? I don't think so. Oh, nice. I, I'm not sure, actually. Maybe. I haven't heard anything, but that's not my world anymore, so I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I started in theater. That was always really fun. You know, I had really great parties and really great shows and some really interesting creative makeups and then... Um, I went on to do a Halloween haunt at Wonderland where I met a pretty much half of my friends oh. that are still my very good friends to this day. So I, you know, would not be where I am today without doing the Wonderland stuff for sure. How um, many years did you do that? Seven, wow. seven years. I was the very first makeup artist they ever hired. Wow. Yeah. And now they have a team of, I think 35 or 40 makeup artists. So you started from me and like four other people. Jeez. So you're yeah. responsible for a lot of nightmares. Yes. <laughs> I'm proud of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, what else? I've done like even just little fun stuff. I have a really great memory. My, uh, my best friend was working in Winnipeg at the time and I went to go visit her and her roommate, one of her roommates was hanging out with us. He's a really funny guy, Alfredo. And, I was practicing just doing special effects on my friend Michelle and I did a uh, gangrene on her hand. Fun. And when he saw it, he had to run upstairs to vomit because oh. he thought it was so gross. And we were both like cheering because I was like, you know what? That's the ultimate compliment is for somebody to actually be so grossed out that they puke. <laughs> That was pretty cool. <laughs> that, is, that is hardcore. Like the yeah. next question is like about your proudest accomplishment. I that's feel like that's one of there. them. Yeah. That's one of them for sure. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Um, what else? Epic. I, uh, what else? Film. Now that I'm in film, film's sort of where, where I've moved into and where I've found my home. Um, it's, it's like being in the circus. I've, you know, I've met friends, I've lost friends, I've, you know, built a family for four months and I've then moved on to the next one. It's, it's really like a, like a gypsy caravan. We just kind of move from <laughs> place to place and move in and out of trucks and different weird abandoned locations and, you know, make these crazy shows and movies and stuff. And then, and then a few days, months, weeks, whatever later we're done. And, move on to the next one. You might see somebody, you know, you might work with your friend from set for years and then you'll stop and you won't see them for another 10. And then you'll, you know, have another, you know, couple of weeks with them. And then it's a really, really interesting world. So yeah, there's a lot of different memories from, from everywhere. Is it sort of like camp where you, when you oh, see yeah. them, you're like, yeah. oh, you haven't skipped a beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, that's so cool. What's the craziest location that you've shot at recently? Uh, uh, recently or ever, 
on oh, recently. Yeah. I was on a roof yesterday. <laughs> We've been in a in some. Oh, I, last week we were shooting in the bowels of a an abandoned the abandoned Sears building in Rexdale. Um, pipes and like it could have been a haunted house. It was like being inside of the deepest part of Castle Loma. There was like it was just dark and pipes and dust and disgusting grossness. Um, zero phone reception too. So. That was always fun. I was going to say, not creepy at all. No. (laughs) Uh, At least we had each other. Um, (laughs) uh, Like, who's the human sacrifice? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of strange abandoned buildings, but I think the most fun location I've ever shot at was uh, the rooftop of the Sheraton Hotel on Queen. Cool. Yeah. That was like... That was pretty scary because it's... I I don't even know how many stories high, but it was a really windy day. And, uh, I'm like a semi daredevil where I'm, I'm very curious and I really wanted to look over the edge, but Uh-oh. they didn't let us cause it was just too windy and I was very upset, but, uh, <laughs> probably for the best, yeah, probably, the best. probably <laughs> for the best, but yeah, that was super cool. Um, where else? Oh, just different. You know, we shoot all year long in fields and, you know, farmhouses and things like that. It's you see the the back ends of a lot of places when you're on set, and, and yeah, and you yeah. don't strike me as someone who who gets scared very easily. Oh God, no, <laughs> no. I, I I keep it safe for sure, yeah. but uh, yeah, the more interesting the location, the better. That's amazing. Yeah. And since you've worked with so many different kinds of people, like from actors to uh, brides to models, yeah. Is there someone who's been really poorly behaved that sticks oh out? And I mean, you don't have to say names <laughs> unless you want to, but even just, I don't know, is there like a person or a story that sticks out? Uh, I've had, you know, it, I try to remember the positive more than the negative. There's always some sort of, you know, situation that's never favorable. But uh, for the most part, everyone's been pretty good. You know, every, most actors have their own quirks, which are super interesting, but you kind of work around them. You just, ha- being in the position that I am as a makeup artist, it's, you're kind of like set mom mm. to them. You're, you're always around to, you know, cut their, their, their finger, you give them a bandaid, you know, they're hot, you give them a fan, they're cold, you give them a blanket, all this kind of stuff. So Aww. it's like like being a mom but as for bad behavior oh my god there's been plenty you know there's brides that are demanding and you know don't like anything you do because they're neurotic and um you know actors that fall asleep in the chair because they're high on pills or drunk or whatever and you know there's always something but do you still work on them if they fall asleep in the chair or do you like smack them around and that's the weird part (laughs) you just have to get the job done right and you have to be diplomatic about it you know just kind of like slowly lift their heads up. You know, I've had people fall asleep in my chair because they're relaxed, but there's been a few instances where you're kind of like, are you okay? Yeah. But, uh, that's, that's their, that's their thing, right? That's their life. And that's the other weird thing about film and television, especially is it's, it's, it is like summer camp and, you know, it's, it's its own world where people kind of can get away with stuff. Mm. So, um, yeah, definitely not your normal behavior, uh, day to day there. Um, yeah, nothing like super crazy from what I can remember. I've probably blocked it out of my mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just enough booze to, to yeah. suppress it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. All right. Well, question two is what's your proudest accomplishment? Uh, aside from making somebody barf, uh, <laughs> was, <laughs> I have two, actually two recent ones. Um, the first, this, this year has been incredible. Number one. So 2018 has been a really amazing year for me. Uh, I'm really grateful for, you know, all the jobs I've gotten, all the help and all the support that I've received from my friends and family and, you know, coworkers and stuff. So sort of pushed me to, you know, really get over the hump. Um, so this year in February, uh, and with the knee, which is the show I've sort of been most known for recently, mm. um, me and my key, which is my boss, she's like the head makeup artist on the show. I'm her assistant. Mm. We were nominated for best makeup for the show and at the makeup artist and hairstylist guild awards in Los Angeles, which Amazing. is the local union 706 over there. Uh, they, uh, cause, because Anne is a Netflix show, uh, was sort of like all, all shows from Netflix and, uh, sort of American broadcasters, uh, that had the chance to be nominated in our, our production, uh, office, you know, luckily and our producers were so supportive of us that they put us forward wow. and we got the nomination and, uh, it was incredible, you know, being in the same room as Rick Baker and, um, Kazu Hirotsuji, who's just who just won a ton of Oscars for his work on um, Darkest Hour with uh, oh god Gary Oldman. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was amazing. And the uh, makeup the artist from uh, from Stranger Things, who's a huge influence on me. Just you know, she's young and hip and and really cool. I actually got a chance to talk to her, and I wow. made her sob with <laughs> you know with my words of like. Thanks and encouragement and stuff and, you know, makeup artists from Game of Thrones and, and all over the place, just really, really talented people all in the same room and to be in the same room as these people that you look up to was just like mind blowing. Um, yeah, that was, that was really incredible and it really, um, humbled me and sort of inspired me at the same time to like try even harder to be better at what I do constantly because everyone had the same sentiment when we were there. It was like, you know, we're, we're in the shit constantly. We're on set. We're in, in the mud and the wind and the dirt, um, you know, in these weird abandoned locations and, you know, we're, we're suffering quote unquote, but mm -hmm. we, we love what we do and we're exhausted and we get put through the ringer and, you know, people with bad behavior, you know, beat us down and stuff, but we still come back loving what we do. And it, it's like, it's not just me that feels this way. It's like people who've won Oscars, people who've worked with the top, you know, actors in, in the world. And we're all on the same playing field here. We're just doing what we love and being creative. So we all should lift each other up. Yeah. So that was super inspiring. Um, and then the second amazing thing that has happened recently is I was voted in as the VP for the makeup department for our union, Whoa. which is a huge undertaking. And I, uh, have some pretty big shoes to fill. And if Tracy listens to this podcast, she's going to laugh her ass off. <laughs> uh, but she, uh, she was the, she's one of my very good friends. She's my mentor. Uh, she was the VP for 10 years and has pretty much taught me everything I know. You're so, done great, Tracy. You're done yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she definitely uh, set our department straight, and now I'm I'm sort of taking that on and 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 
you know, moving on with, with that under, under my wing. And it's, it's definitely, it's a challenge, but I always love a challenge and I love our department. I love all our members and, and our, you know, our people in our union and our president is very supportive and everything. We're again, like a small family. So it's really nice to have that, uh, have that to take care of now too. Wow. Yeah. And is that a position that you're nominated for or is it one that you volunteer for? How does that work? A little bit of both. You have to want to do it because it is a huge undertaking and one term is three years. Mm. Um, So you kind of, you can put yourself forward. People have to I guess like say, yes, this person would be good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there is a vote that gets put forward uh, at an elections meeting. And uh, yeah, our members voted in favor of me, which is an honor. Yeah. Yeah. You're the real deal, girl. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. That's amazing. Like, especially reflecting on when we first met Mm -hmm. doing youth theater to where you are even right now to where you're going to be in a few years. I mean, that's so amazing. It must feel so incredibly validating for all of that effort, all of that work, all of those jobs, all of those gigs. Yeah. But I love them all, you know, and I would go back to that in a heartbeat. Like if, you know, if Jeremy called me today and was like, oh my God, you know, we're (laughs) stuck for a makeup artist. I'd be like, sure, why not? Because I love doing that stuff. It was so much fun. And, you know, you always meet the coolest people everywhere. So yeah, I don't like no job is too small, even still, you know, I just, there's always something to take away from each thing that you do. You know, even if it is some shitty little thing, it's never really shitty. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Jeremy Hutton, Dave Galper, and you guys oh, are Dave responsible Galpern. for Aww. a lot of love of theater. So thank you for what you've done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, memory lane. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, and before running to the next question, since you have become so accomplished, you've done so much, you've seen a lot. If someone is fairly fresh and say a makeup career, what advice would you give them or a couple of key pointers? Oh, there's a lot. There's a <laughs> lot to know and a lot to learn. You never stop. You never stop learning. Every day is something new for me. Um, so and when you cut that off from yourself, you always have to keep your mind open. Mm. At the, the moment that you shut yourself off to that is when you should leave the business. There are so many people that are so negative and so grumpy and... Um, just they don't want to be there. Mm. And there's so many other things that you could do in that sort of industry in, in, in the makeup industry that doesn't involve being on set for long hours. I know sure the money's good, but you know, you don't have to put yourself through hell to maintain that, you know, go, go start painting, like do something else, do something that inspires you and take a break Mm -hmm. so that you can come back, you know, if you want to and, and start again, because you just, you have to keep your heart and your mind open to all the bullshit that it comes with. Um, you know, there is a point where you have to cut things off, of course, but you know, there's little things that you just have to kind of like take with a grain of salt and just move on from, Mm -hmm. um, you have to have a thick skin. 
you know, there's going to be a lot of criticism and a lot of collaboration and, you know, it's not all just about you. Mm -hmm. Um, you're not just yourself, you're the hair department, you're the, you know, wardrobe department, you're, um, the director of photography or the director, you're the producer, like everybody you're talking to has an opinion and you have to make that work to make the vision come alive. Mm -hmm. So you have to be open to collaboration and a lot of different people's opinions and you have to know how to sift through all that to create one final look. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Seems like you really have to be good at setting the ego aside. Yeah. Yeah. Easier yeah. said than done sometimes. <laughs> totally, totally. And, you know, I'm not perfect at that either because sometimes it's like, ah, oh, you know, and it's tough trying to come up with with stuff with all these different and budgetary restrictions, of course, as well and and other things. But... Yeah, it's you find you find a way to do it. it. Does end up coming naturally to you at some point. It just kind of happens. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Be prepared. Mm-hmm. Always have everything that you could possibly need. Uh, you carry some pretty oh heavy kits. Like, yeah. How much do? Because I see you makeup artists when they travel. Yeah. They they have a small house with them. Yeah. Typically. Yeah. How much does that weigh? Um. Anywhere from, you know, 40 to, to 60 pounds easily. There's, it depends on the job too. Mm-hmm. Like if you're lugging around special effects stuff, it's going to be more than, you know, a box of lipsticks and eyeliners. But you, you always carry everything. That's the thing because yeah. you never know what they're going to want. And there's always a last minute decision somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've carried some, I've filled a few minivans with makeup Jeez. traveling to and from places for jobs wow yeah thank god for uber <laughs> i was gonna say that's hardcore man especially yeah. if you don't have a car in, yeah. oh my gosh in the city for sure yeah Jeez, i love what you said before about if you're not if your heart's not in it if you're not feeling inspired to maybe take a breather from it mm-hmm. or maybe reevaluate yeah. where you should be and i think that's great advice for pretty much any anybody industry, yeah. anyone any profession yeah. whether it's creative or not and it's something that I've felt even as a lifelong dancer, because I'll be even in a maybe style of dance or I'll be doing something yeah. maybe like performance or not performance. And I'll get to a point where I'm feeling like, oh, maybe, maybe this is feeling a bit stale. This isn't lighting up my heart in the yeah. same way. And so I've had to actually take either like a conscious or unconscious break from it. Yeah. And then sometimes going back to it, you're like, oh my gosh, I actually really do love this again. Or yeah. maybe I was just getting tired or maybe it's just a change of scope that's necessary mm-hmm. or a different application for it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's really important advice. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, because we work such long hours and such strange hours. Mm-hmm. Like this this past week on... Uh, on Monday, we started at five. <laughs> She's doing air quotes to Monday. <laughs> Monday was actually Wednesday because we're shooting Wednesday to Sunday and I have no idea what day it is ever. Um, so on, on our Monday, we in the makeup department and hair department started at 530 in the morning. The rest of the crew came in at 930 in the morning. We had done an an eight hour day by the time lunch had rolled around. Wow. Eight hours is a normal human's normal work day. Uh, you know, I was, I was just floating. I had no idea where I was or what was going on. Uh, you just have to remember to eat and drink coffee. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, even with that, I don't think I'd be able to, yeah. to function with, 
with that many hours on the go from that early. I'm not a big morning person. Yeah, luckily we had a four day weekend before that. So we were all pretty well rested, but it was definitely a rude awakening. Um, <laughs> you know, you start at 530 in the morning on the Monday and then last night we wrapped at 230 in the morning. So your whole week kind of gets shifted into this weird like time zone thing where, you know, you've no idea what day it is. It's, yeah. it's today and yesterday and tomorrow all at the same time. And yeah. you're constantly thinking about, cause we have continuity to think about. It's like what happened in the, this scene, this day, five days ago, and how is it going to link up with the scene that we're going to shoot in a week from now? Right. But I also have to think about what's happening right now and then for the rest of the day and tomorrow so that everything can be ready. Your brain's in a million places. You might as well just cut it up into little pieces and label everything. It's like, <laughs> it's insane. That's the next level. Yeah. Are there days where you barely see the sun? Or oh. Like so much, so much. It's like a casino. <laughs> yeah. There's, you know, there's a few times, uh, this week I walked out, we were, uh, in a base camp, uh, close to the water and I walked out and a beautiful sunset over the CN tower. And I'm thinking, this is nice. This is, I'm just going to stand here and smoke my cigarette. Just take it all in. You know, this is my city and this is what I'm doing this for. You know, you just, you have those five minutes of time to yourself where you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm in the right place. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, taking a moment to just express that gratitude and be present is so key. Mm -hmm. I think it's a perfect segue actually to question three, which is how do you balance work and life? Oh, I certainly don't. <laughs> you can ask my husband. I certainly do not. Um, I haven't seen him probably in about three days. I mm. saw him this afternoon very, very, very quickly. Um, like, oh, good. You still exist. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. You still live here. So do I. Awesome. Good. Cats are fed. Great. Let's move on. Um, it's definitely a very difficult balance. Some people really rock at it. I have yet to find that balance, although I try really, really hard. Uh, I, I love my friends. I love my family. I love partying. I also love sleeping. So it's an interesting, it is an interesting balance to try and find, you know, if you're working five days a week, you have two days to catch up on stuff. And because I have all these other things that I do, like today I spent my time doing a bunch of paperwork for the union, mm. um, and the, I, you know, I'm on the phone with my best friend at the same time as I'm typing on the computer and, you know, preparing myself to like go out for my appointments and, and all this other stuff. So again, your mind's in a million places at the same time. So it's, it's important to take time off for sure. I think that's, I've been very lucky to have at least 10 days to three weeks off between each show that I've done where I've been able to sort of turn over. Mm -hmm. You know, sleep for a couple of days, clean the house, go to your appointments, see your friends, see your family, and then you start the next one, you know, clean your brushes in between at some <laughs> point, you know. Um, but, uh, it's, it's definitely hard. I, I, I luckily don't have any kids and we're not probably going to have any, but there are people in the industry who have, you know, older ailing parents and children more than one. In, in school and, you know, growing up and, and that, and, you know, family and friends and all sorts of things. I'm like, how do you do it? Like I can barely do it with just me. Mm -hmm. It's, it's nuts, but you have to, you just have to compartmentalize and find the time. Mm -hmm. It's just, you just have to, <laughs> I don't yeah. know how else to do it. 
Yeah, that's fair. No, I, I totally understand what you're saying. I mean, again, I empathize. I'm busy as all heck. And there are days when I just feel like I'm running from thing to thing mm-hmm. to thing. And you're like, when when do I have me time? Mm-hmm. So I literally schedule it in. I'm like, this is my time yeah. to not answer emails and not do anything. Yep. Um, you mentioned that you're not planning on having any kids. Was that a conscious decision? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. We both live a lifestyle that, uh, wouldn't, I don't know, I guess you could call us selfish, but I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think, think it's, that's selfish. I don't think it feels that way. It doesn't feel that way to us anyway. I'm very much dedicated to what I do. And so is my husband and, uh, I don't know. We just, we just like to have fun. And it's not that I have anything against kids really. I just, I find in where we are now in the world, it's, it's almost financially impossible. Like we can just scrape by for ourselves and we both have good careers. Um, so to bring another human into that, I don't know how we could make that work. Mm-hmm. I know that it does end up happening, but I don't know. I just, I want to travel. I want to see the world. I want to see, you know, bands. I, I want to have a good time on my own. You know, I've, I'm an only child. I've never had to deal with kids. My parents are teachers. They could not care less if I had children because they've dealt their entire lives with children. So, um, yeah, just never, it was never a thing that I was like, that needs to happen. Which just, is great. I mean, if anything, it's selfless to consciously not bring a child yeah. into to a situation yeah. where you don't think you'd be in a position to best support them, mm-hmm. be it financially or otherwise. Do you ever receive criticism on that? All the time. Oh, really? All the time. Yeah. There's, you know, people that say to me, well, what are you going to do when you're older? <laughs> Who's going to take care of you when you're older? And I think to myself, you know what? By that time, I'm going to be retired and drinking tequila on a lawn chair in Palm Springs, pickling myself in the sun. I really don't care. <laughs> I'm, I will make it work somehow. I always have, you know, I've, I've worked better under pressure and we will figure out a way to do it. Even if there's nobody to take care of me, fine. I've been fine on my own. You know, if I, if I die alone, fine. It's just the way it's supposed to be, you know, like I just don't, I, it doesn't, that's not why I would want to have kids is for somebody to take care of me when I'm older. Yeah. That seems to be a pretty crappy reason to have a kid. It's like, ah, future caregiver. Yeah. Good. It's weird, right? <laughs> Good setup for, for success. Like <laughs> it's a little bizarre. I'll check myself in to have a nurse take care of me. You know, that's what they get paid for. I'd rather, you know, slip them a little tip and you know, it's <laughs> and fine. And hopefully they're cute. So, you know, when yeah. you're old as shit, you can have some eye candy. Yeah, or exactly. Something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's so funny. I know. I, my, one of my closest friends and I, we joke, we say, you know, Hey, when we're super old, if we don't have partners in our life or whatever. Yeah. This was before like I had a long-term relationship. We would just joke that, you know, we would be on a beach somewhere drinking martinis and yep. just heckling anyone that came by. Yeah. We would be those people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. Ah, oh, amazing. It's a funny catch 22, right? It is. Like you don't find people who are, are consciously deciding to start families receiving that level of flack. Like are you sure you can do that? Are you sure yeah. you should be having a child, right? And it seems like the opposite happens all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's a weird thing. I get why you, you know, I have friends who have had children and and I I adore them and they're, you know, they make it work and everything's great, but I don't know. I just, it was never something that spoke to me. Nothing like, like I never, never liked kids. It just not, not for me. Yeah. Not for me. Yeah. I mean, there's no point trying to force it, right? Just for some bizarre To make someone else happy. Norm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And again, amazing that you have that support from your parents that yeah. they, they don't try to inflict any additional pressure or no, anything like that. No, great. no, they're great. They're great. They've had enough kids. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> they're good. They're good. <laughs> All right. So question four is, can you tell us about a difficult moment in your life? To be honest... I luckily haven't had to go through a lot of stuff like that. Um, you know, there's been challenges, but I always sort of take them and put a positive spin on things. I take myself as a positive person. So I try and, and, and you know, find the good in stuff. Um, I don't know. I, you know, there's been a few, you know, you know, financial difficulties and trying to find a place to live in the city that made sense. You know, there's always certain challenges, but there's nothing ever that's been super, super challenging. Um, you know, my, my, my dad's had some heart surgery, which was a bit scary, but he's completely fine now. And, you know, he's obviously a huge supporter of mine as I've spoken about before. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he's, but he takes such good care of himself that it's like, I knew that it would be fine. You know, you have a panic for a second, but then you move on and you're like, no, he'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there's never, you know, thankfully knock on wood. wood, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Has never really been anything super, super crazy. I've always sort of been able to, to push those things, you know, I very think very logically and kind of move on from them positively. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nothing really crazy. How do you stay positive or how do you apply that positive way of thinking? Is it a conscious thing that you do or is it really intrinsic? Because there's a lot of people that really just blow stuff out of proportion. They make mountains mm-hmm. out of molehills and everything is worth getting super stressed over, mm-hmm. myself included sometimes. I honestly, I don't know. It's always been, I've never been a p- panicky, anxious person. So I have a hard time understanding how someone could could blow things out of proportion mm-hmm. so much. I just, I always sort of try and keep a level head And again, think of things logically. There's always a way out. There's Mm -hmm. always a way in. There's always a way around. Mm -hmm. Um, One good quote that always sort of comes to mind if I'm thinking, oh God, how am I going to get out of this? Like, this is just a moment in time. It too shall pass. And that sort of sets my mind at ease. And I think, okay, I'm not going to be stuck here forever. You know, even if it's like on the subway and I'm running late and I'm starting to feel like, oh my God, there's too many people around me. I want to get out of here. I just think, okay, you know, my stop's a few few minutes away. I'll be fine. I'll be out. I go this way and I'll be there on time. Um, there's no need to panic. There's always a way out of things if you can think logically. Um, 
that's, that's, that's just huge. the way it is. It's, it's just knowing that you can move on and you know, it's not life or death. That's helpful because I would say the majority of us are very good <laughs> at not doing that. Yeah. So that's a huge, amazing reminder. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, of course. You kind of, yeah, I kind of just go inside the back of my head and look at myself from the side huh. and just think, okay, you just have to, again, it's, it's comp compartmentalization. You know, I'm, I'm a very organized individual and everything's very labeled and even your brain. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I just, I stop, you have to stop and breathe for a second and think that this isn't going to last forever. This is just a moment and you will figure a way out of it. If you're uncomfortable, leave, you know, you don't have to force yourself to be somewhere or do something that you don't want to do. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Tell that to my parents. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's great advice. Thank you for the mm -hmm. reminder. That's 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 sobering, which is great because I'm drinking whiskey. Yeah, me too. Cheers. Uh, <laughs> yay! <laughs> Salute. <laughs> so, question five mm -hmm. is: Who or what inspires you the most? Who or what? Um, <laughs> I, I take inspiration from a lot of different places. I have always been into music. I find inspiration in a lot of different musicians and artists. Uh, right now I'm, I've been obsessing over Queens of the Stone Age for the last little while. I've always been a huge fan, but they just recently released a new album and Josh Homme, who's the singer has been doing so much and he's such a cool dude. And I've had the honor of meeting him a few times wow. and, uh, you know, he's just, he's got his hands in so many different things and he's, he's such a fucking rock star. Um, it's really cool to see him do all this stuff from, you know, how, how Queens has kind of, um, grown bigger over the last couple of years and, you know, that he's been able to work with Iggy Pop, who was an inspiration of his. And, you know, I'm a huge Iggy Pop fan. It was amazing to have my, you know, two of my favorite artists work together and create this beautiful album together. And, um, just, yeah, he's like, he's super chill. He's super cool and talented, just, you know, has this aura about him. That's really awesome. So he's definitely an inspiration to me. How was that meeting him? Uh, it was awesome. He's really cool. I'm, you know, my, our, our friend Cherish who runs Cherry Colas is very, very good friends with him because he grew up together wow. and she knew that I was a huge fan of his work and she was like, come, come hang out one day. And I said, okay. And we did. And he was just, he was awesome. He was brilliant. Super funny, like super handsome <laughs> and just super cool. He was, he was really cool. I've, because I work with people that are, you know, I've worked with so many different like celebrities to right. me was like, it meant a, a great deal, but I was, I still played a cool, even yeah. though I was like, holy shit, like this is the guy, this yeah. is the guy, you know, but no, <laughs> he's, he was super awesome. It was really cool to see that. Um, yeah. Who else, you know, tons of different makeup artists. I've got a picture of, um, Max Factor doing, uh, Jean Harlow's makeup on my, on my makeup mirror. I take it with me oh. everywhere. And, uh, so classic, you know, my, my parents, my, my colleagues, like I said, Tracy's a huge inspiration. Um, 
just everywhere, everywhere. I pull it from everywhere. Honestly, I guess maybe that's just my positivity, but even though I, I don't know, people say I have like a resting bitch face. I'm like a total, I have like zero emotion <laughs> really? and I don't get scared and stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm, I'm a really, really positive person and, and, uh, yeah, just find, find like beauty in everything. Even though I also hate most stuff. Very, very interesting person. <laughs> anomaly that's amazing yeah. you know usually title the episodes based on a quote and i feel like that's going to be a contender <laughs> everything but i hate everything yeah i hate everything but it's still beautiful it is it is yeah i'm still baffled that people think you have resting bitch face you're like oh one my of the god. nicest people oh i my know god. no but that's because you've known me forever mm. but no there's uh even on set you know people tell me like oh my god i was so scared of you when when I first met you and I was like, really? Like, okay. There was one girl who was like, you remind me of Chucky. She says, what? you're like a beautiful porcelain doll when we meet you. But when we get to know you, you're like Chucky. And I was like, thank you so much. <laughs> like, such a compliment. It's such a compliment. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me while I turn around and stab some people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. Oh man. That's amazing. Well, I, I think that's appropriate as a makeup artist. I, I feel like any, especially creative, I think it makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. to gain inspiration from a ton of different sources. I think yeah. that's the most healthy thing. Yeah. You have to, cause it's a, vi a visual medium, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's, it's definitely helpful. Well, here's a good example how, how music sort of helps me, uh, working on a character for this film that I'm on right now. And he's, he's a very, I can't spoil anything of course, but, uh, <laughs> he's got, he's a very interesting, intense, character both in the film and as as a human being in his everyday life I absolutely adore him we've collaborated on this look and he's a very good friend of the directors and um was sort of a you know big expectation for what I was going to do to have it work and the uh the hair hairstylist um Peggy she knows that I'm a huge metal fan and she was like, how about, how about we throw on some Metallica? And I thought, that's a great idea. And um, Aaron, the actor, was like, yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's, that'll be really good. And we both got so inspired in the look that we just created this thing, this monster that was like, it just worked. You know, and the Metallica just helped us. It was old Metallica, by the way. Um, <laughs> helped us sort of create everything and really inspired us in in the fashion and in, in the placement of everything. So music definitely is a huge, huge inspiration for me. Uh, even though it's like an auditory thing, but it's almost as important as visual for me. Absolutely. It's yeah. all super interconnected yeah. too. Like what you even see, what you see, what you listen to, even mm -hmm. what you smell can bring yeah. out different, different elements mm -hmm. of your brain. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's huge. I'm sure there's lots of very reputable scientific studies that I'm not going to reference right now yes. that say exactly <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there is. <laughs> oh man. All right. So next question Question six is, what is the most adventurous thing you have ever done? 
I'm not very adventurous. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I'm not very much of a daredevil. You I just said you were. Well, I do like very basically. Like I'll go. Like people are afraid of heights. I'm not afraid of heights. Like I'll go to the highest level and like stand on the glass floor. But I'm not going to jump out of an airplane. Okay, that's totally not me. Um, I don't know. I think. I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> we don't do very much craziness. Uh, I think like hanging out with people that I are like idols to me is always a bit, it can be a bit weird. Um, but they were great. So that was a really good time. Uh, I don't know. We went to LA for our honeymoon and had a really good time. There's a bunch of shit we did that was awesome. We would like went on all these crazy tours and, you know, death and pop culture and all sorts of things, Charles Manson and all this weirdness, but <laughs> I don't know. Did you meet any famous people when you were in LA? Yeah. Well, we bumped into Queens of the Stone Age, the guys from Queens and uh, the singer Jesse of um, Eagles of Death Metal. Mm -hmm. And he's also, I'm a huge fan of that band. And we ended up going to his house to party, which was kind of an adventurous thing that we did, but it was like what? super Whoa. chill. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's a story. Like that's okay. You always, you downplay all the cool stuff. You're like, it's whatever. I don't know. Okay. So what happened at this party? And how did that come like about? a bunch of like his, his friends friends like like other bands and stuff it was a pretty small party but we were at this bar uh in downtown LA where a cramps cover band was playing for Halloween it was actually my birthday nice. and uh we were hanging out by the bar and we ended up seeing Jesse and Josh behind the bar and I thought oh my god holy shit like these are my two favorite people in the world and uh Dano, my husband was like, it's because it's your birthday. Of course they're here. Like, <laughs> so we, <They> know. <laughs> we didn't really do anything. We were just hanging out, you know, you know, drinking, partying, whatever. And then, uh, when we, we were going to leave, Dano and I were going to go back to our hotel. And when we stepped outside to have a smoke to wait for the Uber, um, Jesse was standing outside just by himself having a cigarette. And I thought, Oh my God, now's my chance. Cause I haven't had a chance to meet him yet. So I sort of like sauntered over and I was like, look, I'm not crazy. I have their album cover tattooed on my arm. Oh. Peace, love and death metal. Nice. And, uh, I, I walked up to him. I said, I'm not crazy. I just want to show you this. First of all, I said, I'm a huge fan of your band. And I said, we actually have a mutual friend in common, which is cherish. And, um, he was like, Oh, cherish is my first crush. And I'm so like, so happy that you know her. And, oh, you guys are here for your birthday and it's your honeymoon and all this stuff. And he's like, well, any friend of hers is a friend of mine. Why don't you come over and, and party with us? And I thought, sure, we have nowhere else to go. So uh, we went over to his place and just ended up partying for a little longer. And it was a really, really great time. It was actually super chill. We were just like in his house. He was playing DJ and playing all this ridiculous music that he knows. And it was super fun. That's amazing. And so, because you mentioned, you're like, ah, oh, you know, I meet a lot of famous people and it's cool. Yeah. I, I think an average person feels that either super awkwardness or that hardcore emotion fan person. Yeah. yeah. yeah like all the feelings. <laughs> yeah. So how do you keep that in check? And like, how should we actually act around people who are quote unquote <laughs> famous? Uh, that's actually a really good point. Um, I'm working with a guy right now who's like a like a teen phenomenon. He has a lot of fans. <laughs> um, I 
uh, absolutely adore this guy. I, I had, you know, no idea that he, people just like would flock to him so much at lunchtime. At one point we went out for a cigarette and we were just standing on Queen street. It was me, him and the, um, cast assistant. And this girl comes out of nowhere and pushes between me and um, the cast assistant and reaches for a hug for him. And she's shrieking under her breath. And he's like, whoa, we thought that she knew him. I had, I completely forgot that he was famous in any way, because to me, it's just somebody at work, right? Everyone is just a human existing on this earth, right? Yeah. Some people are more talented than others in other things. And, you know, everyone has their thing that they do. So I was kind of like, oh my God, who is this girl? She obviously knows him, did not know him, immediately uh, grabs him for a hug uh, and he backs away. How would you like some random person running up to you on the street hugging you? Like, Yeah, that's some weird it's shit. Just, we have to remember that they're, they are just people existing on the same earth as us. No one is a higher being. Everyone's on the same playing field. Sure. Some people are on television. Some people are, are, you know, on the big screen. Some people are on the radio. Some people are the president, you know, it's all sorts of different talents and things that we do, but everyone is just a person and you just, that's all you have to remember. There's no need to freak out it's to them, it's ridiculous, right? Cause it's like, put yourself in their shoes and imagine right. somebody running up to you on the street being like, Oh my God, you're that person yeah. from the thing. It's, it's weird. It's very weird to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have like TIFF here, yeah. right? The yeah. Toronto International Film Festival and every once in a while I'll see, you know, stories or videos from people waiting for hours and hours to just see quote unquote a celebrity. Yeah, and literally walk by. Walk by. Yeah. yeah. And they, they're freaking out. They're mm -hmm. yelling. They're, they're going crazy and yeah. doing whatever else. And, you know, in my heart of hearts, I've always felt a similar way. I'm like, this is just a human being, very yeah. accomplished, very talented. Yeah. But it's not worth the shrieking and the, the, no. the freaking out. But no. wow, that's next level, man. Yeah. And they'll... It's, it's difficult. There's been a few shows that I've worked on where people hang out outside the set or, you know, you're shooting on the street and they'll be standing across the street in your shot, therefore making your day longer, <laughs> which is never fun. Uh, and they don't, they don't realize that we are at work. Mm -hmm. We are here to get paid to create a thing that you're going to see at some point. Just back off and let us do our jobs. Mm -hmm. I know it's out of the ordinary, but it's still like, how would you like somebody knocking on your office window? Hey, hey, what are you doing? Are you shooting a movie? Are you working <laughs> on the computer right now? What are you doing? <laughs> it's, it's really, really irritating. It, you just, you have to be respectful. People somehow all respect flies out of their bodies and they, it's just, it, all bets are off at that point. Hmm. So just remember to not, you can freak out internally, you mm -hmm. know, but just play it cool and then they'll like you better. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's so funny the way in which we idolize people. It's, uh, you know, we, we see them as some higher being and yeah. we just forget that they are exactly yeah. just another person. Yeah. That's nuts. It's nuts. Now I have this hilarious image of someone just knocking on my desk being like, Hey, Julie, Hey, Julie, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, 
definitely interesting. A great way to think about it. Yep. Okay. So question seven is what do you attribute your success to? It's a loaded question. I don't know. <laughs> you are really successful at what you do. I don't know. To, uh, sure. Thank you. I, I'm, appreciate that. And I'm very honored, but I don't know. I just, I just do what I do to me. It's, I really love what I, what I do. And I think that helps a lot. I, again, there's the positivity. It's like, I just, I find the goodness in everything, even waking up at two 15 in the morning to get to set for four, you know, on the other side of town. I love the people I work with. I love the process. I love the end result. I love that I'm able to contribute to making something that is visual and creative in, in its own way. Uh, you know, Anne, for example, has become completely led, like it's been a legend for a while. Anne of Green Gables is such a huge part of the Canadian like tapestry of life, you mm -hmm. know, but to have this new version be so groundbreaking because our writer and creator Moira is so incredible, who also an incredible woman. Um, you know, super, just the things she thinks of to make this story new again is incredible to see. You want to do your best for her and to make her vision come to life because it's so incredible to have, you know, little of Anne of Green Gables be this groundbreaking woman you know, the, the stories that she's telling are now modernized, but are put in, in, you know, the late 1800s in the storyline. It's, you know, she's, she's fighting for herself. She's giving attitude. She's, you know, not taking any shit from anybody. She's, she has anxiety. She has panic attacks. You know, it's all very modern, but she always perseveres in the end. And it's, it's really nice to see that. It's a really important story, I think, for all of us, especially women nowadays. Mm -hmm. uh, and she's so young in the story. You know, it's just inspiring to see that, too. Um, How old is she in the story? 12. Wow. Yeah. 12. Yeah, 12. I think we're going to move on to, like, we sort of go through the years with them. and mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, 12 now and 12 in the 1800s is very different. Yeah, I mean, you were married by 14 or... <laughs> Had kids by 15. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. So it's, 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 she's, you know, when you sort of plop her in that, in that time frame with the storyline that Moira's built for the, for her and her character and, and the rest of them, it's, it's really interesting to see. Um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> it was, what do you attribute your success right. to? <laughs> right. Uh, just, yeah. Doing these projects, these amazing projects that, that are super inspiring. Like mm -hmm. I try to do stuff that will be fulfilling to me. Like recently I've been doing some really great gritty sort of story making. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I was offered a couple kind of movies that are, you know, boring, you know, it's, yes, it's a paycheck, but I don't want just a paycheck. I want to do something that's going to challenge me and, you know, be interesting in my portfolio and be interesting on my resume and be interesting for people to look at. I want, yeah. like, I would want to watch it. Right. So I kept saying to myself, you know, 
thank you for the offer, but I really want to be doing something that's more challenging and creative and real. And, uh, in plops this script for this movie that I'm doing right now. And it's bonkers. Amazing. Wow. And I'm so grateful to be doing it. The makeups are super challenging and really character driven and very odd and dreamlike. And it was the perfect project. And I'm so, so grateful that they, that they hired me to do it. They saw that sort of vision in me. Can you give us any tidbit as to like what I genre think so. it is? Yeah. So it's it the, give us the title. But. Yeah, the <laughs> movie right now is called "The Education of Frederick Fitzell. and it's uh, it's sort of like I don't want to say psychological horror, but that because that has such a connotation to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's definitely it's a bit sci-fi. It's a bit psychological it's a bit horror it's a bit drama it's a bit twin peaks there's a lot of david lynch sort of feeling in there Mm -hmm. a bit of the shining a bit you know it's it's all a bit odd it's definitely going to be worth a watch cool and so it's being produced and released in canada or across north america or i'm I don't know any details yet, but I'm pretty sure across North America. Cool. Yeah. We're like in the, we're just in the early beginning days. stages. Yeah. yeah but yeah. they, I think it's going to go far. Amazing. For sure. Definitely going to be a weird one. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I'll have to, to watch that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It'll be good. Very cool. All right. So next question, Question eight, what item or items could you never live without? My entire makeup kit. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) Can't do my job without that. Um, My phone, which is awful, but I really can't live without my phone. I get so many emails and texts in a day. It's my lifeline if I'm stuck in in an abandoned basement somewhere. If you have reception. If I have reception, <laughs> it's the only way I can stay afloat with what's happening in the world. Mm. Um, you know, thank God for technology. Um, what could I not live without my sleep? Obviously, but that's not a tangible thing. Still important. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand the unicorns of people who can run on yeah. very little sleep. I need my like eight, nine, ten hours oh, of sleep. See, I'm like uh, five, six hours a night tops. You're you're a unicorn, man. I don't get it. I can't do it. I just feel like I'm babbling and then delirious. It does. It does build after a while. You kind of go cross-eyed. Uh, I don't think I could live without beer, to be honest. I don't want to sound like I'm an alcoholic, but it's definitely, you know, everyone needs a vice Mm -hmm. and it's the one thing that, that is my vice. What's Uh, your couple of your favorites right now? Uh, what am I? Sapporo. Yeah. Sapporo is my number one right now. Oh, Japanese alcohol. They have it right, man. They really do. It's the perfect oh. taste and the perfect like balance between light and, you know, and, and heavy. And it's like tangy and zippy and oh, I could just chug it. It's so good. Amazing. Love the Sapporo. Um, <laughs> uh, what else could I not live without? Obviously my friends and family, duh. My cats, who are so ridiculous and I love, and you actually have an Instagram for, for Pugsley. Where yeah. at? Where is Pugsley on Instagram? I I die laughing every single time you post. 
another picture yeah. to this. It's, it's uh, where is Pugsley is like a where is Waldo for this cat. He hides in the strangest places and I make you find him. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, because I haven't been home, I haven't seen him hiding, but I'm sure there's a gem just waiting to happen. But he also has this amazing little face. Like it uh-huh. just, you think of what kind of cat would have the name Pugsley and mm-hmm. this, this cat really fulfills that name and this Instagram yeah. gives me so much joy personally. Yeah. He's, so. <laughs> he's the cat, cat version of a pug. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so cute. I definitely, another thing, I definitely couldn't live without music. Hmm. I don't know if I've made that obvious before, but definitely couldn't live without music. Live music, too. I go to a lot of shows. I, I need my time to myself to go and party a little bit and go see some live, you know, someone else doing something amazing. Right. Do you have any favorite live bands that um, you're seeing aside from Locally? Mm-hmm. Locally, yeah. Um, our My husband and I, we, we went to a, like a doom rock show at Lee's palace a few years back and met this amazing couple, Rachel and Brent, who, um, are the leaders of a band called NLP, uh, neuro linguistic, uh, something or other. Sorry guys. I don't remember <laughs> something. It's very scientific <laughs> and crazy because Brent and Rachel are both geniuses. Um, and Dano, my husband's working with them right now a lot. Brent and Dano are recording, and I'm sure Dano's going to come up with something brilliant. He's been in a bunch of different bands from surf to rockabilly to metal to, you know, everything. Now he's getting into the doom thing. So that's going to be something to look forward to for sure. It's called Dr. Curse. Um, my very good friend who I adore, Luke or Johnny No Cash uh, is in a band called Johnny No Cash and the Celtic Outlaws. They're like a punk rock Celtic outlaw country sort of band. They're really fun to party and drink to. (laughs) Um, There's this really great, um, I guess they're like punky kind of sci-fi punk called um, versus the Borg. I've seen them a few times. They're like stoner or stoner rock punk sci-fi weird combo I like really weird music um (laughs) they're they're really cool I've seen them a few times but I believe they're they're from out of Toronto like Hamilton or Oshawa or something uh Toronto's got a lot of really great bands to see so there's always something happening and there's some luckily a few venues left in the city that are still supportive of live music so yeah they're they're dwindling though unfortunately yeah yeah it's unfortunate Mm. yeah but that's amazing. Thanks for sharing those. Of course, yeah. I have a couple of dorky makeup questions to throw in here. Uh, So what's the biggest makeup mistake that you typically see people making? That's an easy one. Um, Makeup, in my opinion, shouldn't be put on to be seen. Sure, we've got eyeliner and lipstick and stuff. We want, you know, pops of things, but... There's this huge trend of like the Instagram thing now where people are piling. I feel like it's on its way out, but for the last couple of years, it's been piling on pounds and pounds of makeup. I believe that makeup should look like skin. Mm. It should look like it belongs on you. The makeup you should be wearing, the makeup shouldn't be wearing you. It should look like a mask. (laughs) Um, You know, to each their own. I don't tell people, you know, you look 
crazy or whatever because everyone <laughs> has their own thing. <laughs> Excuse me um, there, madam. You look like a clown. You look like a clown. Um, <laughs> that's fine. You know, if that's what you want to do, sure. I'm going to be the it. prettiest damn clown do, in the land. Exactly. Do it. <laughs> but especially, I don't know, it's just, it's a thing that's, that's just the way makeup should be. It's supposed to enhance your natural self to, um, you know, look uh, alive and fresh and healthy. It shouldn't look like a mask. It shouldn't feel heavy. It shouldn't look heavy. Um, but again, to each their own, but that's, mm. that's what I like. I like makeup to look, um, like it belongs where it does. Mm. That's helpful. And you're talking about some of the stuff on Instagram. What's the most, your most hated makeup trend that's happened? Because there seems to be like every week something new and outlandish. My, sorry, my most hated makeup trend is the makeup trend. Okay. Everything is a trend now. Okay. Can't we just live? Like, why does everything have to be a thing? People are doing things just for likes on Instagram. What was one? My friend said something the other day. I can't even remember now. But there's like the squiggly eyebrows. The, oh, I remember. I remember what it is now. The There was a person that put liquid eyeliner directly onto her eyelid, which is completely unsafe. Ouch. Uh, like Sounds pe- painful. Yeah. People are just doing it. It's like, it's like a different, it's like a makeup version of the ice bucket challenge, you know, like, but there's, except there's no good cause behind it. It's just a person doing things for shock value. Sure, you know, I watched Jackass 2 back in the day. I mm. love Jackass, but that was a different kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's it's dumbing down my industry and it's making my job very difficult because people think that they can do what I do and then they get into it and it's not, it's not what they think it is. And that's really unfortunate because I want people to succeed, but, uh, it's, it's a completely makeup has so many different things to it. So many different pieces and psychology, people are calling themselves makeup artists that don't really know what they're doing and they will cause an eye infection and they will, you know, cause skin damage and all sorts of things. So I think all of these trends are, they need to go. Mm. Yeah. I feel like Makeup, like a lot of other creative industries, but even more so, seems to be one of those expenditures where people try to really cheap out or they try to say, hey, you can do my makeup for exposure for this or that. Or, oh, why do you charge as much as you do? What's something you can share to people who have or have had these opinions or thoughts? Um, it's not a hobby. Imagine being able to do what you love for a living. There is a need for it. This is, this is why I got out of bridal is because people didn't understand the amount of thought and work that goes into a client base. You have to spend the time writing emails. You have to spend the time filing things. You have to go to lawyers for contracts. You have to stay on top of your financial things. You have to have different accounts for stuff. You have to spend your time shopping for supplies and replenishing these things. What people don't understand is that one eye, we've all been to Sephora. We know how expensive an eyeliner can be. (laughs) 
take my right hand. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Sell my kidney. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So my, you know, my, my kit is, is almost a hundred thousand dollars worth of makeup. Wow. Including special effects and airbrushing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So for, for that to not be honored and I, you know, you find the same thing, you know, again, to go back to the music thing is you find that musicians, you know, they've got gear, they've got vans and gas to pay and food to eat and, you know, roads to drive on and stuff. They've, they've got, they've got all this stuff and people don't want to pay the $10 cover to see them, even though they love them. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. Support what you love, support what you want to treat yourself with, which Mm -hmm. is in my case, you know, if you want to treat yourself with makeup, then spend the money on it and you are going to get a really awesome product. You're going to get a really lovely person to come into your home and, and, you know, spend an hour and a half with you and make you look like the most amazing version of yourself. Why wouldn't you want to pay for something like that? How would you feel again, being put into those shoes? If you were doing something that you love, it is a legit career. And that, I think that's what people, and that's the other thing with the Instagram thing is people think, Oh, I've just, I seen it on YouTube. I know how to do it. Mm. No, you don't. There's a lot of other thought that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Do you know how to sanitize properly? Do you know how to fix it if something goes wrong? Do you know how to deal with somebody who has a skin allergy who's reacting to the thing that you put on? You know, not many people do. So there's a lot of other little pieces that go into it. It's not just makeup. So, yeah, and I mean, aside from the kit and the craft and the training and this health and safety, I mean, it's just being able to compensate a human being whom yeah. is yeah. spending their time, effort, and energy with yeah. the amount of schooling and training that they've mm-hmm. had and experience. Mm-hmm. So I, I couldn't have said it better myself. So thank you for that. No uh, and any brands that you recommend that you really love using or anything that you've been exposed to for quality or maybe any that don't have a ton of chemicals in it. Um, I know, again, thinking about trends and stuff, there's a lot of brands that are very popular or mm-hmm. seem to come and go in popularity. But mm-hmm. since you live this every single day, anything that maybe your average person should yeah. probably explore? Yeah. Um, for those, because I don't want to call it a trend because I, I don't think it should be a trend, but um, yes, makeup does have a lot of chemical property to it, but that's because we want to make it last, right? There's a reason for all of that. And not all of it is bad. Um, I try to go for brands that are, you know, less so on that scale. I don't really go for the luxury stuff, but for the mid brand sort of things. Um, I also like to, of course, support women. So Makeup Forever, which is owned by Danny Sands in Paris. Her stuff is amazing. I used to work for them. Has nothing to do with me plugging them right now because I don't work for them <laughs> anymore. But uh, I love their product. You know, it's it's made for pros, and therefore the best sort of stuff that you can use day to day because it's made for television, because it's made for stage. It's going to last you all day long. You know, in your office when you're doing public speaking or having meetings or whatever, it's going to last you so that you look your best. Um, their color range is incredible. 
um, you know, the choice of product that they have for all the different things you want to do. And they even offer like a base sort of special effects stuff to, uh, to the normal consumer in case they want to do more creative things. And they're all about education, which I think is really important coming from, you know, two parents as teachers. I find that teaching people how to use the stuff that they want to have is really important because it just, you know, lets you sort of make the best out of what you have. Um, so Makeup Forever is definitely one of them. Uh, Nude Sticks, which is, uh, I believe, a Toronto based brand. Anyway, they do have an office here. They're, they're lovely. Um, they have a great pro program and their stuff is, um, they use pencils like stick, you know, chubby sticks, thin sticks, whatever. Uh, but everything is all in one. It's super compact, great for traveling, great for quick touch-ups, which I'm like, I love being subtle about makeup. Um, I don't think, you know, I, I very rarely like to touch up my lipstick at the table. I think makeup should be a private thing. Mm. I don't know why I think that's like an old school thing for me, but you know, it, you just, you can have your whole face in a little tin of just three pencils that, and it's shea butter based. So it's, it's really nice and hydrating. It's, it's natural and the color range is really beautiful. So it's from light all the way to dark. Um, you know, you go into the bathroom and quickly touch up your makeup and you're done. Really lovely stuff. Um, a colleague of mine, Candace, owns her own business called Source Organics. That is all she um, she sources, hence the name, sources um, a lot of different uh, natural plant-based organic makeup, which um, she's a huge advocate for. Uh, I think again, you know, everything's very chemical based. We kind of starting to get away from that kind of stuff because there's so much out there that you can use that, uh, is natural and mm -hmm. better for you and better for you in the long run right. as well. So she's a fountain of knowledge, uh, in that sort of thing. She's got so many different brands, uh, from, you know, skincare, which is super important because you can't, you know, you can't do a painting without a proper canvas. Mm. So if you want to do a nice makeup, starting at the base is where you need, you know, proper skincare. So she's, she's definitely helped a lot with that. Um, yeah, she's definitely got uh, a really great, uh, really great source of stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like I need to go shopping now. <laughs> yeah. I should give you a list of websites to yeah. plug later. Right? Well, I mean, next question, question nine is, is there anything you'd like to promote? Mm. So mainly probably about you, but feel free to take it as you like. Um, well, definitely. So Anne with an E season two just started two, three weeks ago on CBC. They've been on Netflix in the States for a while, but uh, you lucky um, Americans get to binge watch the show that I've been dying to see, even though I've worked <laughs> on it. Um, but it's all on uh, every Sunday on CBC at 7 p.m. Um, that's I'm very, very proud of that project. I love Anne. I love uh, Amy Beth, who plays Anne. I love all the cast. I love Moira, who's written it. She's just a huge inspiration. Um, my boss, Diane, who I adore, who's so, so supportive of me. Um, yeah, that shows just means a lot to me. And 
I think everybody should watch. I think there's a lot to learn from it. Um, what else? I what about know. you? I don't, I don't really, I don't freelance a lot anymore, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I guess like starting mid-December, I'll be free if you want like your makeup done or whatever. Holiday parties. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> holiday parties. Like, can, Where can we find you? Where can we? My, uh, my website is www.blondemoxymakeup.com. My Instagram is Blonde Moxie Makeup as well. Uh, I, yeah, I, like I said, I don't freelance that much anymore because my hours are so insane. But I always do love to to just have a quiet, you know, afternoon making somebody beautiful or terrifying or whatever you want. Um, you know, it's just, it's a nice departure for me just to spend some time, you know, drinking some beer or wine with somebody in their living room and making them all dressed up for new year's or whatever. Um, yeah. Awesome. If you want, hit me up. Very cool. Yeah. We'll make sure we have all your social media handles mm -hmm. in our, in the description of the episode because you are one talented lady. <laughs> and question 10 to round things out is what is a lesson you learned the hard way that you'd like to share with our listeners? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> again, nothing negative I can say because nothing to me is super negative. Um, what is a lesson I learned the hard way? Always be prepared. Again, I never assume things because assumptions are going to get you in trouble. I just, I find that's the thing that reoccurs on set a lot. Ask questions, ask questions, make sure everyone's on the same page. Don't try and make everybody happy. You are number one, make yourself happy first, but maintain the peace. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just be curious in life and... Uh, be cool. Just be cool. Be There's no need to panic. Cool. There's no need to panic ever. Just be cool. I feel much calmer just having done this interview with you, just hanging out I with you. It. I feel so much more relaxed <laughs> after a long, crazy it. day. That's hilarious. Oh, and CBD oil is the best. Just saying. <laughs> Yeah. Preach sister. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Larissa, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure and joy not only catch up, but have you on this podcast. I hope all you've learned as much as I have. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, everyone. Find us on Facebook at Legit Lady Podcast. That's L-E-G-I-T-L-A-D-Y Podcast. And on Instagram at Legit Lady Podcast. On Twitter at Legit Lady Pod. That's Legit Lady P-O-D. And please rate and comment on iTunes and anywhere else you get your podcasts. If you love what you hear, share it broadly and proudly. Thanks, everyone.